Thank you so much for welcoming me back here to NH Young Adults. I'm excited to be here with you guys tonight. I see a lot of familiar faces, and I see some faces that I haven't met yet. As Abby mentioned, my name is Jaden, um, and I love being a part of New Hope. I love being here at Young Adults. And as she mentioned, I got to speak here about a year ago. So I'm thankful that apparently she trusted me to be able to come back and share with you guys. But a lot has changed in my life in this last year since I was here speaking with you last. The biggest thing that changed is I got married. Praise Jesus. And I'm like so newly married that it was a debate earlier before you got here on which last name they were going to say when they introduced me. So my amazing husband is sitting over here, Alexander Howard. Yeah, he's awesome. Here's a picture of us. This is back in the day when it used to be cold during winter. Um, has anybody ever experienced that before? Y'all, I woke up today and I saw pollen outside and I was like, did I just transport into the future? Like, I don't even know what's happening. So if I'm coughing or sneezing tonight, I'm just going to blame it on that, all right? But my poor husband has been freaking out with this whole spring weather that's been happening because he has a garden and his plants have been coming up too early. Does anybody else have a garden? Anybody else in the same problem? Nobody, nobody wants to admit it? Well, then that means that the rest of you are actually like me. Whatever the opposite of a gardener is, that's exactly what I am, okay? Like, plants just die in my presence, okay? I don't know how, but I've managed to kill succulents before. Anybody else in the same boat as me with that? Oh, thank you for being honest. I'm glad I'm not the only person. I remember when I was in high school, I took a class on child development. And in those classes, they'll always give you a section where they teach you how to be nurturing, which means that you have to take care of something. Other schools will do stuff like robotic babies. My school must have been on budget cuts because my teacher came around and handed each of us a little plant that we were supposed to take home and grow. Oh no, is right, whoever said that over there. And I'm looking at this plant thinking to myself, I could probably take care of a real life baby better than I could take care of this plant. But I was determined I was going to get a good grade in this class. So I took the plant home, put it in the sunlight at the window, put water on it. I'm like speaking positive words over this thing. Like, you're going to grow so big and tall. I'm so proud of you. And by God's grace, this plant not only survived, but it actually grew like four or six inches. And I was like, yes, God is so good to me. And I took this little plant and I walked into class and I was so proud until I looked around and I saw that everybody else had these giant pots of overflowing vines. And I'm there with this little plant. And in that moment, I felt so ashamed. I'm like, man, this thing that I was once so proud of now, I just want to like throw in the trash. I was so embarrassed. Like my teacher came up to me and said, Jaden, I don't know how you kept this plant so small. And I remember just sitting there thinking, what did I do wrong? And if we're honest, I think all of us have been in that place in life before. That you're just out there doing your best at life. But when you look around, it seems like everybody else is flourishing and you're not. Now, I'm not going to call you out or ask you to raise your hand, but has anybody been there? Anybody there right now? That you are at a place where you see that they got that promotion and he got accepted into that program and she got a boyfriend first even though you know that she don't deserve it. <laughs> and you just sit there and think to yourself, what am I doing wrong? 
Well, I'll tell you that I've been there. And I actually went through a season of my life where this reality hit me really hard. That my perspective on life was just that life is hard and life kind of sucks and you just had to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get through it. But by God's grace, the Lord taught me in, this, in that season that he has more for the children of God. And so tonight, I just wanted to come and share with you some of the things that God taught me in that season of life. And my prayer is that it would be helpful for you if you find yourself in a place of searching or you find yourself in a place where you just don't feel like you're flourishing. So before we jump into everything that we're gonna look at tonight, I would love if we could take a moment just to pray. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much that you're here. And God, we not only just welcome you into the room, but God, we welcome you into the mess. The mess that can be our life, the frustrating moments, God, the aches and pains that are sitting on our heart right now. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in. And God, I just ask that you would come and speak to every single person exactly what they need to hear tonight. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak through me, that you would use the words that we're about to share in the scripture that we're going to look into tonight, God, just to be a blessing to the people in this room. Holy Spirit, this time is yours, and this night is yours. We give it to you, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I was walking through that season of my life, I asked the Lord to give me a word. And I don't know if you guys do this, but every year I ask God to give me a word for the year and then ask God to give me a scripture. I already see some people shaking heads and like pointing at other people. Yes, it's a great thing to do. And that particular year, the word that the Lord gave me was the word enjoy. And I gotta tell you, when I heard that word, I'm like, Jesus, I am due for a blessing. All right, yes. I'm like, Lord, please just let it rain down. I'm ready to receive something that I'm going to enjoy. But the scripture that the Lord brought me to actually kind of confused me a little bit. He brought me to a scripture in Ecclesiastes. And that's where we're going to be planted tonight. So if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and flip to Ecclesiastes 2. If you're sitting in here and you're like, I didn't even know that was a book in the Bible, I'll let you know it's near the book of Psalms, so it's kind of towards the middle. If you just flip a couple books past Psalms, you'll find it. But if you are in here and you've read Ecclesiastes before, you know that it's actually a super depressing book of the Bible. So it's written by a guy named Solomon, and Solomon is kind of reflecting over his life and journaling about what his life was like. And as he's Reflecting on all of this, he says statements like, life, it's just meaningless. It's like chasing after wind. But what you'll also find is that Solomon uses this word enjoy over and over and over again throughout the book of Ecclesiastes. And so tonight, we're going to look at one of these instances where he talks about how we are called to enjoy life. So we're in Ecclesiastes 2, starting in verse 24, and it says, there's nothing better for people than to eat and drink and find enjoyment in their work. I also perceive that this ability to find enjoyment comes from God. For no one who can eat and drink or experience joy apart from him. For to the one who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy. But to the sinner, he gives the task of amassing wealth only to give it to the one who pleases God. This task of the wicked is futile. 
like chasing after the wind. So this word enjoy is used all throughout Ecclesiastes. And almost every time it's paired with the word work or toil, which just means harder work. And when I first read this scripture that the Lord gave me, I remember kind of just skipping over that word. I'm like, yes, Jesus, I'm going to enjoy the ease that you bring into my life. I'm like trying to claim things that aren't in the Bible. Have you ever been there? And I'm reading this scripture. And what's so neat about Solomon is he was a real person. And Solomon knows that life is hard and that life takes work. And he's not saying you should just blow off life, eat, drink, do whatever you want. But what he invites us into is he says you find enjoyment in life by choosing to enjoy the good work that God has put before you. Usually this good work is what we refer to as our purpose. Now, if you come here on Sunday mornings, you know that we have been doing a series all about purpose. And guys, I just love how the Holy Spirit works and just orchestrates everything together. And that means for those of you in the room who haven't been coming on Sundays, you should be feeling a lot of FOMO in this moment right now, all right? There are amazing things that happen here on Sunday mornings, and if you're not coming, you really should come and check it out. 9 a.m., 11 a.m., Abby will probably mention it because she does it almost every time. But over here at the 11 a.m. service, there's like a whole section of young adults, yes, that gather and sit together. And that means that the people that you meet tonight, you can actually sit with on Sunday. So if you haven't come, come and check it out. All right, commercial over. Thank you for standing by. <laughs> but this word purpose, as I've been preparing this message, it's been coming up over and over and over again. And I notice that people say things like this. They're like, you know, life just feels this way right now because I just haven't figured out what my purpose is. Or they say, you know, I'm just feeling kind of lost because I don't think that I've discovered my purpose. Anybody ever say something like that? Yeah, I see some hands kind of half raising. We all are on a search for purpose. And a lot of times the reason that we feel a lack of purpose is because we're looking for purpose in the wrong place. There's three places that we usually go to look for purpose. One is a place, so where we try to find a place to belong. One is a person, so the community that we surround ourselves with. And the last one is an occupation, how we choose to spend our time, what we choose to do. And if I can just be really honest with you, if you try to search for your purpose in any one of these things, you will always be left dissatisfied. Because the fact is, God has actually called you to a greater purpose that's outside all of these things. Because these things will change all throughout your life. But the purpose that God has for you is something that is constant and something that's consistent. And Jesus actually introduces us to this in the book of Matthew chapter 6. So Matthew zooms in on Jesus doing exactly what Jesus always does. He's out there just preaching the kingdom, you know, telling people all about God. So picture this with me. Jesus is on a hillside, and crowds have gathered from all over the place to come and hear him teach. He doesn't have a microphone. He doesn't got the stage or the lights. He's just telling people about the love of God. And Jesus says something like this. He says, the kingdom of God, it's like these birds flying around us, that they never wonder if God's going to provide for them, because they always know that God will give them exactly what they need. Or look at these flowers that are growing here. They never question what people think about when they look at them, because they know that they are intentionally and beautifully crafted by a creator. And if all of creation 
can have such complete trust in God, why not the children of God's kingdom? And so Jesus continues his teaching, and he says in Matthew 6, 31, So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. What are you worried about tonight? Do you know that God knows it? That prayer that you've been praying for a long time, do you know that God hears it? That dream in your life that still hasn't been realized, do you know that God sees it? That question that's been itching away at you that you're too nervous to ask, God knows it. Friend, don't ever think that God forgot about you. Because in God's kingdom, delay doesn't mean denial. God sees you. God knows you. God hears you. God sees the hard work that you've been putting in. God sees the sacrifices that you've made. But out of love, God calls you to something even greater. And Jesus tells us this in the next verse. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You see, this is the part that we always get backwards. We go running after our dreams and our desires and our passions, and then we look back at God and we say, hey God, would you bless this? And what God invites us to do is actually turn to him. He says, I know your dreams. I know your passions, like I gave you a heart for this and I gave you a passion for this, I know it. But instead of chasing the dream, would you chase me? And God invites us to be a part of something that's actually bigger than ourselves and bigger than anything else that we can do. And when you choose to live life in God's kingdom and on God's timeline, that is where you find your purpose. Your purpose is found in God's kingdom. See, God's kingdom is not just bound by a place or a person or an occupation. You can participate in God's kingdom no matter where you are or who you're around or what you're doing. You have purpose anywhere that you are in God's kingdom, even if you don't always like it. See, some of you are in situations right now that you would not prefer to be in. Whether it's because of your own choices or the choices of somebody else or even just the randomness of life. And the fact is in that place, you may be feeling a lack of purpose and you're just waiting for the next thing to happen. But friend, don't get so caught up waiting for the next thing that you miss the purpose that God has for you right now. At that job that you may hate, God has purpose for you. In your crazy, messed up, broken family, God has purpose for you. Even if you plan to only stay in the RDU area for a very short amount of time, God has purpose for you right here, right where you are. But your purpose cannot be found outside of God. See, if we jump back into the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon says, for no one can eat or drink or experience joy apart from him. 
For to the one who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy. See, when God first spoke, spoke this word enjoy into my life, I started to do a deep study into what this means. So I looked it up in like the original language and to see how it's translated throughout the Old Testament. And just a side note, for those of you who look at pastors and you're like, wow, that's amazing that they can like quote stuff in the Hebrew and the Greek. It's really just a Google search. Um, so just, you know, to, to pull the curtain aside, there's this awesome resource I use called Blue Letter Bible. So know that you don't have to be a theologian. If you want to study this stuff, you just have to be a normal person like me. So I got on Google <laughs> and I got on my Blue Letter Bible and I started to research this. And what I found is that in the Hebrew, this word that's translated into enjoy, in other parts in the Bible, it's translated as the word see or I saw. And this brings us back to the very first chapter in the Bible where God is creating everything in the world. And it says that God looked and he saw that it was good, right? You remember that part? And so it means that God looked and he enjoyed the thing that he had made. And what's amazing is the story continues and God creates human beings. He forms them in his own image. It's the crown of his creation. And in Genesis 1.31, it says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Now, the trap that we fall into is reading that like a Sunday school lesson and forgetting who God actually is. God is the one who is outside of time and space. Meaning that when God looks at something, he's not just seeing what's right in front of him. God sees everything. From beginning to end, he saw all of history, all of creation, every person. And that means that God saw you. And tonight, if you walked in here and you feel like God is looking at you in disappointment or embarrassment or judgment, Friend, that cannot be the farthest thing from the truth. God loves you. God looks at you with enjoyment and delight. And the amazing part is God actually calls you to live a life of enjoyment with him. Let me show you how this works. God made Adam and Eve first two people in the world. And God didn't make Adam and Eve because he needed somebody to mow the Garden of Eden. Okay? God made Adam and Eve, and then he made this beautiful place for them to thrive with him. See, God didn't just create you to do stuff for him. God created you to live life along with him, to enjoy relationship with him. I love how John Mark Comer puts it in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Just wait till you see this. He's talking about the end goal of life. And he says, the end is life to the full with Jesus. The end is to spend every waking moment in the conscious enjoyment of Jesus' company. To spend our entire lives with the most loving, joyful, peaceful person to ever live. See, God will equip you and call you to do amazing things in your life. But at the end of the day, what God wants is just for you to live life with him. And what Ecclesiastes shows us is that enjoyment comes from knowing God, being in a true and personal relationship with God. It doesn't come from a paycheck. It doesn't come from a diamond ring. 
and it doesn't come from a dream home. Enjoyment comes from knowing God. And Jesus promises us in John 10.10, he says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus wants the full, most amazing life for you. And that doesn't mean that life won't be hard. It doesn't mean that life won't come with work. Because life wasn't meant to be easy, but it was meant to be enjoyed. And God calls you to come and enjoy life with him. I have a friend who lives this out so beautifully. My friend, over this past year, she had to spend over 100 days in the hospital. And every day she was fighting for her life, not knowing what the next day was going to hold. And yet every day as we were praying for her and reaching out, you know, how are you doing? What do you need? She would send me texts like this. Bing! Hey, Jaden, today I got to pray with my nurse. She just started opening up about her life, and I was so glad that I got to be there. Bing! Hey, Jaden, one of my nurses is writing a paper on faith versus science. So he's going to come to my room, and we're going to talk about this and what it looks like from a biblical perspective. Bing! Hey, Jaden, I'm starting a Zoom Bible study where I get up at 6 in the morning, and people get up at 6 in the morning, and they join me on Zoom, and I teach them about the Bible from my hospital bed. Guys, I can't make this stuff up. And I remember reading these texts day after day and thinking to myself, what's my excuse? If she can live life hand in hand with God, living life on purpose, just enjoying Jesus in her life, what's keeping me from thriving in my life. See, some of you may be sitting here and you're thinking to yourself, why aren't I experiencing that kind of joy? And it may be because you're chasing after the wrong thing. See, what my friend found in a hospital room is that your circumstance does not determine your level of purpose, God does. Your circumstance does not determine your level of purpose. God does. And God wants you to chase after him and find that purpose. And if we go back to Ecclesiastes just one more time, Solomon says, for to the one who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy. But to the sinner, he gives the task of amassing wealth only to give it to the one who pleases God. This task of the wicked is futile, like chasing the wind. Now, I told you that Solomon is in this um, point in his life where he's reflecting over everything that happened in his life. And when Solomon's talking about this, he's actually talking about his own life. And the crazy part is you can read about Solomon's life in the book of 1 Kings in the Bible. And if you read about his life, Solomon literally had everything, okay? He was the king, and Solomon took up the task of building God's temple. Now, the temple that Solomon built was one of the seven wonders of the world. Like, it was huge, it was beautiful, everything was covered in gold, it was amazing. The place that Solomon lived was not far off than that. His palace was wonderful and immaculate. And Solomon was also known as quite the ladies' man, 
All right, you can read all about that in the book of First Kings if you so would desire. Solomon had the place, he had the people, he had the occupation, and yet he didn't have purpose. Now take it back even farther, right? We just mentioned Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had the perfect life. Everything was perfect in the Garden of Eden. There was just one thing that God said, this, this tree is for me. And yet Adam and Eve were convinced that they would never have the best, most satisfying life without the one thing that God wasn't willing to give them. So friend, can I ask you, what are you running after tonight? What is it that consumes your thoughts and takes all of your attention and steals all of your adoration? If it's anything other than God, Solomon says that that's just like chasing after wind. That you'll find that when you chase after the things of this world, when you chase after that special person or you chase after that money or you chase after those places that you want to be, instead of chasing God, it leaves the enjoyment that comes from that, it leaves just as fast as it comes. And what Ecclesiastes and Solomon invites us into, and what I challenge you with today, is to stop in your tracks, to turn to God, and to surrender these other things so that you can have a clear path to chase after God and Him alone. And tonight, what I'd love to leave you with is not just more words that I can say to you, but I would love to leave you with a moment between you and God. So right now, if everybody could just close their eyes and bow their head, I want to pray for a few specific people in this room, and then the worship team's going to come up and play a song over you. And the reason I want you to close your eyes is just so in this moment you know that it's between you and God. That means that when they're playing, if you need to find a spot in the room where you can just be alone or you need to get on your knees or you need to pray with somebody, take that time. Don't miss this moment with God. But with all eyes closed and all heads bowed, there's some people in this room that I want to pray over. First, there's, there, there's those of you in this room that you've just been feeling a lack of purpose that you believe in Jesus, but in this moment, you've just felt stuck. And you want to know what it's like to live life on purpose in God's kingdom. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. This isn't for me to call you out or call you by name. This is just so that I can pray for you. Thank you so much for raising your hand. Thank you for having the courage to raise your hand. You can put your hand down for just one second. The other person that I want to talk to in this room is the person that's just felt gripped with discontentment and depression and anxiety and you hear this word in joy and it sounds like a fairy tale and if you want to experience living life with God and simply enjoying God I want you to raise your hand thank you so much for having the courage to raise your hand you can put your hand down for a second and the third person that I want to talk to is the person in the room that you've been running after everything except God. Whether it's been for your whole life or for a season of your life. And you hear about this amazing purpose and enjoyment that comes from a personal relationship with Jesus and you say, 
I want that. I want a fresh start with God. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. And if that's you and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, I want you to just raise your hand. See, Jesus is the one who did all the hard work. He went to the cross to take every single wrong thing we've ever done, and he died a painful death just so that we might have a relationship with him. Thank you so much for raising your hand. If you raised your hand for any of those three things, I want you just to put your hand back up and raise it high because I just want to pray over you, and then I'm going to allow you time to simply pray and be with God. But Jesus, I just pray over all the people in this room that are lifting their hands up high to say, God, I need you. And God, I need something different in my life. Jesus, we pray over those who have been feeling a lack of purpose. And we come against the lie that says that they don't have purpose. And the lie that says that their life is meaningless. And the lie that says that they're worthless because Jesus, that's not what you speak over them. And Jesus, we claim purpose that comes from your kingdom, purpose that you planned for them even before they were born. And I pray, Jesus, that you would meet them with that tonight. God, we pray over every person that just hasn't been experiencing joy. And God, they just wanna know living life with you even when it's hard. God, I pray that tonight you would make your presence so real with them, that God, you would remind them that you don't look at them in disgrace, you don't look at them in judgment, Jesus, you look at them with love and delight because you love them so much. May they experience your love tonight. And God, I pray a special prayer over all my friends that said, hey, that's me. I've been running after all these things and I know I just need Jesus. That God, they raised their hand in an act of faith to say, I wanna surrender my life. And God, I thank you that when we take one step towards you, you take a thousand steps towards us. And I pray, Jesus, that you would meet them and just overwhelm them with your love tonight. God, we come and we surrender this moment. And we say, Jesus, inhabit this time. May we not leave the same way we came in. God, may we not miss you in the room. Help us to open up our hearts, even in the places that we try and hide from other people. And God, would you speak to every person exactly into that place? And Jesus, would you provide for them exactly what they need tonight? God, we give you this time, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.